Amen. Well, good morning. How's everyone doing this morning? Yeah, doing well. Well, I want to welcome you to Element Church. My name is Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here. And want to welcome you to uh, week three of our series, Summer Stories. And we are privileged this morning to be able to hear from Kyle and Megan Vitoli uh, as they share an experience in their life that uh, I think is going to impact and speak to all of our hearts. And we're going to get started this morning by hearing from them. Hello, Element Church. I'm Kyle Vitoli. And I'm Megan Vitoli. And we want to tell you a little bit about our story. So when you're getting married, um, there are certain things um, that the pastor will say at the altar when they're talking about your vows. Um, they'll say things like, for richer, for poorer. Um, they'll say things, till death do us part, um, to have and to hold, to love and to cherish and in sickness and in health. And um, when, you're, when you're young and in love, you don't really think about the, the I guess, the, the negative sounding things, the sickness, the poor, the, uh, the death um, side of things. You think more about the positives, the, the love and cherish um, for richer um, and health. Well, and you're, you're planning your whole life. You go through marriage counseling. You do all these things, and they talk about your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. You plan for the positive. You don't, you don't plan. You don't have a contingency plan for what happens if something negative happens or what happens if something bad happens. Yeah, so um, it was, we were married about four months, um, and we're in a, a little one-bedroom apartment in um, St. Louis, Missouri. And it was January 1st of 2011, and I walked into our bedroom, and I found you passed out on our bedroom floor. And um, obviously very panicked, not sure what to do. You were unresponsive. And so uh, um, we got you to the hospital right away. You'd kind of come out of it a little bit um, before we took you to the hospital. So um, we got you there and um, yeah, that began an arduous journey of in and out of doctor's offices, in and out of um, hospitals, tests upon tests upon tests, um, trying to figure out what was happening. Um, I remember we were told things like, uh, well, it's nothing to do with your heart. Um, it's nothing to do with your head. Uh, it's nothing to do with your lungs. Um, you know, it's like, okay, then we've, we've, we've gotten rid of so many different things. Like what, what could it be? And, um, well, and we were told things like it's going to be life altering. This will be something I deal with forever. This will mean we aren't going to be able to have kids. This is going to mean that this is psychological. This is all in my head. I'm making it up. We were told everything in these years of testing and it was just a frustrating time because we knew something was wrong, but we didn't know what was wrong. Yeah, and um, I was working um, at a church part-time, much like I'm, I'm doing here for Element, um, and also working, I, I actually just graduated from college um, and was working at a, a retail um, store as well, part-time. And you, um, we had just gotten married, you were finishing your last year of college. Um, and you were double majoring, and um, I had applied to uh, 
do seminary online through Golden, uh, not Golden Gate, um, through uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological. And so we actually had plans at some point in time to, I think, move ourselves or try to get to the point where we move ourselves to New Orleans mm -hmm. to actually uh, start me in seminary. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, all that changed very quickly. Um, and it's really interesting because uh, we we had... I mean, obviously from the from the medical side of things, we had a lot of hospital bills. Like that was <laughs> that was a crazy thing. And <laughs> God kind of provided in such a, a strange way and a unique way for us. And it was one of those things was just I remember when we were in the hospital <clears throat> at one point in time when you were going through uh, um, some tests and things like that, thinking to myself like just, just trying to plot out like what path we were on and see like where God had, where we were and then like where God had taken us. And so I had, I had worked that, I was still working at the church um, that I was at and then I had been working retail and about two months before you got sick, I quit my job at retail because I was offered a job to set headstones for a national cemetery. The most random job <laughs> that you could probably think of. And I had zero experience doing it. Uh, there was a guy at church that I knew who who said, you're a big guy, you're a strong guy, we need those type of people. I said, okay, I think I can do this. It was hard work. And <clears throat> I remember I'd come home exhausted and just like pass out. Um, all that to say, what it forced us to do was get off my insurance that I was at the retail job, which was not gonna cover much. And it forced us to buy out of pocket insurance that was literally catastrophe insurance. So if something major went wrong, we were covered. And I'm looking back at this and going, God, that was you. That was you in that moment. Like, you're like, I'm giving you this job. I'm putting you in this position because you're gonna need this insurance because you're gonna need this to take care of you guys. And you don't, you don't maybe see it that way right now, but I've got the big picture and I can see it. And I remember thinking about that and just thinking like, Lord, our, our, our hospital bills, four months in marriage and our hospital bills could have broke us for life. And because you've provided it such a way for us, like we were not gonna be broke for life. Like it was, it was kind of crazy to think about. So Paul says in Romans 8.18, I want to read it for you now. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You know, if we're honest, we recognize that in life... Uh, comes suffering um, at some stage, at some time, in some way. For all of us, we experience difficulties and challenges and suffering. Uh, Paul was no stranger to suffering. And he writes this, that, that I consider the sufferings, which Paul's were quite extreme and severe. They included uh, being beaten on multiple occasions, uh, stoned and left for dead, imprisoned on multiple occasions, um, chased out of cities for preaching the gospel. And he says, I consider the sufferings of this present time 
not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Paul says, uh, because of the glory that God is going to show one day, I can look past the sufferings that I experience today. Now, how can he do that? How in the midst of suffering? It's one thing to, to say it about suffering from the past, but when you're in the middle of it, how can Paul say this? Well, he's going to go on in the next seven or eight verses and kind of give us some reference points for how we can endure suffering in the moment. Uh, from verses 19 through 23, um, Paul is just going to acknowledge that our world is broken. That because of sin, that God's original creative design for us as individuals, us corporately as humanity, and all of creation uh, are fractured and broken. By just recognizing that this is not a part of God's original plan or design, and, and in order to turn his eyes away from the suffering in the present moment to God's glory of the future, he begins by acknowledging that, man, this world is tough. And it's tough for all of us. And we experience it in different ways, but this world is broken. In verse 24, Paul reminds us that our salvation is built upon the hope of God's promises, not on our current circumstances. That when we have hope to endure sufferings, and the hope of our salvation is built on God's promises, not our current circumstances. That we can stand faithful as we trust God to do what he says he will do. And then the third piece to Paul's uh, equation of how do you endure suffering now by keeping your eyes on the glory is recognizing that we are not alone. That God has sent the Holy Spirit to be assistant to us, to assist us through the suffering, to, to be an encouragement, and even to pray on our behalf. I want to read just a portion of that, and I just want to read verse 26. And he says, Likewise, the Holy Spirit of the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, in the midst of suffering. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Anyone ever been there? You ever been in a situation where you said, I don't even really know what to pray? I don't have the words to express the pain I'm going through? Or I don't even know what I should be asking God to do? For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. That in the midst of suffering, we can turn our eyes to the hope of glory because we know that the Holy Spirit is praying for us in ways that go so much deeper than any words we could create, muster, come up with. Now, can we be honest for just a minute? To talk about God's faithfulness through suffering is pretty easy when suffering's in the rearview mirror. When we're looking back on suffering from a long time ago, it's easier to talk about trusting God's faithfulness, knowing that the Holy Spirit is with you, knowing and acknowledging that this world is broken, but our salvation is in the hope of God's promises, not our circumstances. But in real life, when we're enduring difficult circumstances, it's not always as easy. One of the things that I love about us doing this series every year, Summer Stories, is that we get to hear stories of success and God's faithfulness and great times. But it's also real. We also get a chance to just listen and reflect on stories of individuals who've gone through really difficult circumstances. To every story of suffering, 
We can talk about what God has done. Kyle and Megan shared some of that. This is what God did when we didn't even know he was at work. But there's always a flip side to that coin. Because there's always living in that moment of the pain and the suffering. We'll have a chance to hear a little bit more of what Kyle and Megan went through in this journey. I know at the time you were you were so focused on the financial part of this and um, you know for me obviously the, the health was my concern um, but I just remember you know giving those vows we were young we were so young when we got married um, as a 21 year old I thought you know in sickness and in health okay if he gets the cold I'll go buy him some cold medicine I'll bring him some chicken soup and I'll act concerned when he has the sniffles like okay I, I, I can do that that's fine um, but I honestly never thought we would deal with, with health issues, especially so young. And I never thought I would deal with health issues specifically. I didn't realize I was gonna be the one to, to test our vows first. I was surprised that, you know, I was a very healthy person, very active person, I always have been. And to be so sick so fast at such a young age, especially right after we'd gotten married, was just, was so hard. And I, I dealt with so much guilt and just so much, just, I just felt so bad that I was the one that caused all of this. And we had, we had, you know, plans. We had our five-year plan. We had our 10-year plan. I was going to start my master's after I graduated. You were going to go to seminary. And all of a sudden, it took us down this path of hospitals. And then we couldn't afford to live on our own. So we had to move to Denver to live with my parents. And, you know, just pulled us out of, out of our plan, out of the, the life that we, we had hoped for, we had dreamed about so quickly. Um, and that was just, that was hard. That was just a, a burden that I carried for a long time. Um, and it's interesting, um, just looking back on it and something that at the time I didn't think about, it was years later, but there were so many people that told Kyle, it's okay for you to leave. Um, it's okay, you know, you guys are young, who knows what, you know, my life is gonna be like for the rest of life. You know, you may not be able to have kids, you may, you may have to deal with the wife who can't walk, who's having seizures, all these different things. And it's, it's okay, you know, you're young, you can start over, um, you guys are newly married. And so many people encourage you, even church people kind of said, if you need to break your vows, nobody would blame you. And I think I even got to the point where I was like, you know what, that, that, that's, that's okay, I understand, I'm putting you through a lot and who knows what we have in front of us and you never wavered. And God really kind of gifted me with security and confidence in our marriage. And I think that it built us with a stronger bond because I knew you weren't going anywhere. You were tested at the hardest, the, the hardest time, the lowest point in our life. And you could have just said, these are your hospital bills. This is your burden to bear, not mine. I'm going to go elsewhere. And you didn't. You stuck with me through all of that. Um. Yeah. And, yeah, and I wish I wish I could say, you know, looking back on this now, almost ten years later, I wish I could say that through all of this, we had the the faith of Job, and we just were like, you know, God's got this, God's got this, just deep in prayer, deep in the Word. We we, we fell so far away. I mean, we still believed in God, we still prayed, but we had we had no hope, we had no faith. It was just bad news after bad news and after bad news, and we can look back on it now and say wow, God provided for us here. God did this for us. God did this for us. And it's great to be able to look back and say that, but we were 
we, we had no faith and through that, God was so faithful to us. And it's just looking back now, it, it's our favorite story to share because it really just kind of propelled the rest of our life and our journey that, you know, looking back now, we, we had no idea what was going to happen. Um, but God just, it, it makes me so emotional. He, he was so faithful through us, to us through that time. And we were, we didn't deserve it no. at all. We were, we were in a bad place. <laughs> yeah, I remember specifically being very angry with God, um, thinking to myself, you know, um, why, like, why would you, <laughs> why would you let this happen? Like, I've, I've, I've done, uh, I've, I've tried to live my, my life by your word. I've tried to do the right things. I've, I've always tried to do, you know, um, do good by other people. And, um, and then, and then this happens, you know, you're, you're, uh, uh letting us go through this and it, looking back on it, I think it was, it was definitely unfair for me to like obviously be angry with God. I mean, um, regarding what was happening because I didn't know the big picture. I didn't see everything that was coming our way. And <clears throat> though I, I did have those moments, like I talked about earlier, where um, I noticed like he provided for us in this specific way. I didn't see precisely how he was going to guide and direct our paths from from that point forward to where we are today. And I would say like, uh, for us to be in the position that we are today, like for God to have us here doing ministry in Colorado, like where he's called us to be, like he, we had to go through that. Like we had, like I had plans to go to New Orleans. Like that was, my mind was set on New Orleans. Um, and, you had plans for, for the other things with your master's degree and like what you wanted to do next. And, um, and his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And for, for us to like, I think, I think it's natural for us to get angry and upset, um, about those things. Like that's kind of just being human. <laughs> um, and it's okay for us to be honest with God as well about, you know, what we're frustrated about. But I think where I where I fell into sin was, I was, I was really just blaming God, um, and just kind of being like, you know, this is on you, man. This is like, like why would you do this to us? Um, and that was a tough place to be. And it so much to the point where like, I remember distinctly like putting myself away from scripture being like, Oh, so it wasn't ever that I ever lost belief in God. It was literally like at a point like where I was like, Oh, so I'm supposed to be in the word every day. Yeah. You're not getting that from me, you know, or, or, Oh, I need to pray to you. You're not getting that from me. Um, and it was just like outright blatant, like childhood tantrum kind of stuff that I was pulling. Um, and I still like, there's still ramifications from my attitude during that time that I, I'm still working through to this day. Um, but I think it's easier for us to step back and see like the road that he's taken us through to the blessings that we have now. Right after Paul talks about 
one of the reasons that we can have hope uh, in the midst of suffering when he talks about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit being with us and uh, praying on our behalf when we can't even muster the words or know what to pray for. As, as Paul concludes that thought in verses 26 and 27, he says this in verse 28 of Romans 8. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now here's what I love about uh, this verse, is that there are two qualifying statements uh, when we talk about God working all things together for good. And it's, we know that for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Let me tell you why that is so important that those two ideas are tied together in this verse. And that is not just left alone with for those who love God. Because we all recognize there are days where our love for God shines so bright that we couldn't hide it even if we wanted to. But then there are days where our love for God is harder to find. It's harder to express It's harder to identify. And what I love about this is tying those two ideas together. For those who love God and are called according to his purpose, lets us recognize that God's faithfulness isn't tied to ours. That God's faithfulness in the midst of all circumstances isn't tied to our faithfulness. So that even in those dark days where the love is harder to identify and express, for those who God has called, For those who have experienced his calling in their life towards salvation, towards faith and belief and devotion towards him, that we know that even in the midst of times that we don't see him at work, he is always at work. Megan had this great line in that part of the video where she said, God was so faithful even when we didn't have the faith. Even when we couldn't muster up the faith on our own, God never stopped being faithful. As they reflect back on their journey and all that God was doing and was at work doing behind the scenes, even when they couldn't see it. And so now we'll transition to a time where they give their final reflections on this experience and on God's faithfulness, even in the times where they didn't or couldn't find the faith in and within themselves. Yeah, I'm just reminded of, of Job um, and uh, toward the end when uh, of, of Job when God's <laughs> basically like, you know, who are you to question who I am? Who are you to, to wonder about my ways? And he goes through this whole litany of 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 scenes of, can you do this? Can you do that? Can, can you tame the Leviathan? No, you can't do that. Can you hold the stars in your hand? No, you can't do that. Well, I can't. I know what's best for you. And Job, he, he, was, he was faithful to God. It wasn't that he didn't have questions. He didn't wonder why things were happening. Um, but he was faithful to God through it. And what we saw at the end of that was, um, even though Job had lost it all, like, at the end of it, God came back and he blessed him like even more than he was before. And I feel like that's kind of the similar situation to us in our life. And I'm not saying like there's not going to be difficulties ahead um, on our journey um, as we get older, as our kids grow, um, all those things. Um, but what I am saying is like 
I know because of what God has done in our past and what he set us up through um, together in our marriage that like through all this that you and I as we trust in him like we're gonna be okay yeah oh, absolutely we I mean we wouldn't be here I I wouldn't have the job I have we wouldn't be at element we wouldn't have our girls I mean kids were never part of our our five-year or ten-year plan we didn't even know if we wanted children um, I mean yeah just just looking at the life we have now I mean I it's not the life we plan for, but it's even better. I mean, I, I truly think kind of our, our big takeaway from all of this is that we got nothing that we planned for, but we got everything we wanted. We got nothing we planned for and everything we wanted. That's a mic drop moment in case you were curious. Uh, when Megan said those words, uh, I literally just asked her, I'm like, do you want to preach this? Because I feel like you've got a better handle on this uh, than even I do. We got nothing we planned for, but everything we wanted. As Paul re- continues to reflect on this idea of, of keeping our eyes on the hope of glory in the midst of suffering, uh, he says this just a few verses later in Romans 8, 31 and 32. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, Who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In the midst of suffering, when it seems like there isn't hope, when it seems like it's too difficult to focus on the hope of glory, when it's hard to muster up the love for God, Paul sets Jesus up as that standard for us. When we are tempted to question, God, are you there? Do you care? Are you faithful? Do you love me? Will you work these things together for your ultimate good? Not for my immediate good, but for ultimate good. Paul says, look at Jesus. If God did not spare his own son for you, what makes you think he would withhold anything else? And it's the encouragement that we have when we endure trials and we endure suffering to know that we can have hope and stand firm in God's faithfulness to keep his promises because we look at Jesus, because he sacrificed his own son for us. No matter what we endure and go through, we know that he will continue to be faithful. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and just reflect on uh, your goodness and your faithfulness, even in the dark times, even in the times when it's hard to understand, even when it's hard to acknowledge or recognize that you're there, that we can just trust when we look at the cross that you love us, that if you would not withhold your own son from us, then what makes us think you would withhold any good thing, anything that would work for our ultimate good according to your plan? I want you to keep your eyes closed for just a moment. I'm going to continue reading in Romans 8, and I just want you to reflect on it for a moment. As Paul just carries on this idea that we can trust in God and his promises because he has not even spared his own son And so he says this, starting in verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. 
Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God, we stand on that promise today. That in the midst of all that life can throw at us, that nothing can separate us from your love. That if you are for us, no one can be against us and prevail. That even when we are not faithful, you are always faithful. Lord, I pray that through these passages in Scripture, through Kyle and Megan's testimony this morning, that our hearts would be both encouraged and challenged to recklessly abandon all things to pursue you, the only one who will, who will be faithful, the only one who is a firm foundation in the midst of suffering and trouble. And we cry out to you. We praise you because you are good and you are deserving of our worship and our praise. Lord Jesus, we pray this in your name.